is a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. There's a spirit. And the Texas Tech Red Raiders, for the second time in three years, are headed to the College World Series. Welker takes it at the 11. New routines pave the way. Welcome in, everybody, to the Talking Tech Podcast. This is our 20th episode. We have hit another milestone here on the Talking Tech Podcast, and we have so, so much to talk about today. Tristan, how you doing today, man? The word of the day is overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> oh, it has been so much. So much has happened in the past 24 hours. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. The, the amount of... The amount of information or lack thereof coming from our athletic department these this this past week has been just mind-numbing not even just the athletic department just the fan base on twitter it's been wild this has been like one of the most wild weeks in tech football that i can remember the silence was deafening it was ever since kansas and people speculating people just giving every single head coach their their push for their certain head coach, but it ultimately went down. Matt Wells is returning to Texas Tech to coach another year, and we have fired David Yost, offensive coordinator. I am happy with this decision um, on the front of David Yost being gone. Um, I think that I think what it came down to really was just the idea of, of the buyout was too large uh, to get rid of Matt Wells. I think they had, but they still had to make a change to uh, get the fan base kind of back to in a positive mindset. So um, I think, I think they kind of met in the middle here. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, we, we both just listened to the Kirby Ho cut slash president Skubanek uh, press conference there and uh, confirmed what we expected. You know, you and I were having some fun talking about who the you know possible candidates to replace coach Wells would be, but we all knew in the back of our head that Wells was going to come back. So it's, this was expected and I, but I understand the frustration, you know, uh, I don't think anyone's thrilled that Matt Wells is still the head coach at Texas Tech. I don't even know if Kirby Hocutt's thrilled that Matt Wells is is head coach at Texas Tech. And this is year two on his guy. So that that doesn't leave me with a lot of confidence going into the next season and going into this offseason. It's going to be a long one, I feel like. We're used to those. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I I get the frustration on any side of of the aisle you stand on here. I I get the point of – not wanting Wells back. I do. I get it. I, I almost, I didn't want Wells back necessarily, but I understand from an athletic department standpoint, not getting rid of the guy because the bio was so large and because it's only the second year of his contract, because Kirby went out on a limb really, and just, you know, fully backed him immediately. So um, it, it, if you put yourself in Kirby's shoes, it's a tough deal. And I know that's hard to do, but uh I think having empathy for Kirby is important here. I still, I'm not anti Kirby at this point. I don't think, I think some people are getting to that point. Uh, and I would, I would give it an, give it another year. 
and possibly another coaching hire, but we'll see that next season. Um, but let's talk about possible OC candidates uh, for Texas Tech, man. It's uh, it's something that we have to make a quick decision here, and uh, we'll go we'll go into that here in a second. But you know, I I, I wrote down three, uh, and knowing Texas Tech, we may just pick some guy out of the blue that no one's ever heard of <laughs> before in our lives. But uh, the three that I have are are Graham Harrell, Zach Kitley, and they they have two uh, offensive coordinators for Coastal Carolina right now. And one of those guys I think would be pretty cool because they have such a unique offense and kind of a new thing. So, but, but Graham Harrell, I, I know you listened to something earlier about Graham Harrell. It seems like that's kind of either there's people on one side saying no way Graham Harrell comes over here for the same job that he has at USC already. And there's some saying, Hey, maybe there's a chance. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Tristan? Yeah, I think Graham, Graham Harrell is the, the, the golden pick. I think if you're, if you can somehow get Graham Harrell, that's, that's the answer. You, you get Graham Harrell. Um, but yes, I was actually listening to the double T radio station. That's what I actually listened to the press conference all on uh, for, from the Kirby Hocut uh, conference. Uh, there, they were saying, I, I like the point that they're making that perhaps you can lure in Graham Harrell. Cause one, obviously he's a, he's an alumni. And two, they don't know. They're not sold that Graham Harrell is in love with Southern California. He and his family, and three, like he was brought in whenever the head coach of USC was expected to really be in a heated situation. Like his seat was hot. Since then, this because they there were there was discussions that perhaps he was being groomed to replace him um, uh, post firing of that coach. But now that that heat has come down from a, a very successful USC Trojan season right now. Um, I think you might be able to pitch that you, you're going to come in and you're going to be uh, with a hot seat coach. And maybe if a decision has to be made midseason, I think you just go ahead and name him interim coach. And then you can look at perhaps just promoting him up to head coach, which works in some, to some instances. So I think, I think the, the prospect of that uh, pitch may have some water to it. Maybe that's what he, uh, Graham Harrell dreams of, but we don't know. And it's still a prestigious job to be OC at, at the Trojans. So, but that, that, I think that's a, an optimistic view. If people are looking for some, um, something to hope for, for some hope. Uh, but that's, I think that's my two cents. That was a little long winded, but. No. Yeah. I, I agree with you. If it, you know, I, I think that's what he was doing down there at USC because Clay Helton, they've been talking about it. He's, you know, fixing to get fired here in the next, couple years and they thought he would get fired you know the year previous and now usc is possibly looking at a playoff spot this season so you know maybe it is a good chance to move on unfortunately i think he's going to get some head coaching opportunities this season with either g5 schools or uh, possibly a power five i'm not sure but i would imagine someone's going to take a swing at him this year uh but if somebody doesn't then hey i i agree with you fully i don't know why you wouldn't want to go back and, and be an oc at texas tech potentially taken over next season you know nobody is really Kirby has not instilled a lot of confidence that Matt Wells is you know safe really besides just for this next year so the the press conference did not kind of instill any confidence in me that that he's sold on Matt Wells still but um but but let's kind of go in Zach Kidley I mean he's a guy that was at Houston Baptist last year obviously they played a pretty dang good game against us Uh, He just got hired at Western Kentucky to be their offensive coordinator, but 
you know, it happened before with Texas Tech hiring a guy who just got hired somewhere else and that guy being Chris Beard. So Chris Beard took the UNLV job and then two weeks later, Tech stole him away. Basically, we could do that with Western Kentucky. You know, Western Kentucky is not even UNLV in terms of, you know, how you compare basketball to football. So I think that's, I think that's an option that we should look out for. Um, Kirby did say in the press conference that it's Matt Wells's decision on who comes in as OC. And I think Matt Wells would be pretty dumb to not look at, at least take a look at, you know, hiring this guy away from Western Kentucky. And Patrick, his, his protege, Patrick Mahomes just tweeted a congratulations towards him as well on getting that job. So that if your greatest player of all time is, is, you know, speaking volumes to an offensive coordinator, I feel like the alma mater maybe should listen. So, but also I think this also the, the Kitley thing to Western Kentucky also highlights what is, what, what has been so frustrating this past week is how we've had zero answers and zero movements until today. So it feels like maybe if, if this moved in the direction it was always going to a week ago, maybe this could have been a real prospect and, and Kitley could already be here if yeah. that's you know, something they wanted to look at. And that would have been such a natural transition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'd see a, a, a cliff-like offense at Tech again, which is fine. So it's just it's, – it's so – I'm, I'm just really frustrated with the athletic department from top to bottom this, this past week. Uh, because so many other programs have fired their coaches and have been way more vocal with the community. So uh, I'm just really frustrated with, with how it's gone. And I hope that we didn't miss a boat because of it. Yeah, no doubt. I, I really think, and this is just my personal opinion, that there was some real clashing and real talks between Kirby and Matt Wells on keeping Yost. I think that's what kind of dragged on a little bit. And I think uh, there's a legitimate conversation between uh, Hogecut and Skubinek if you're going to keep Wells. Yeah. For sure. So I think a lot went into this and it did go on too long. I agree with you, but you know, Wells having COVID I'm sure complicated some things. Um, but yeah, it took too long. And, and a reason that we need to move on quick to a new OC is we just got the news that Baron Morton has not decommitted, but is reevaluating his decision on coming to tech uh, four-star quarterback. One of our highest recruits probably in the last couple of years, especially from a quarterback standpoint. Um, is put out a statement today on Twitter that really I think any recruit in his position would do uh, saying that he's going to be reevaluating his options. He's not quite going to sign yet, um, but a tough blow for tech. I think right now. It was a cherry on top to a, a rough day, you know, right after the conference, we, we got that. And after we were all, already feeling pretty, excuse me, pretty down, you know, <laughs> it's like the, the one of the, one of the highest recruits in our history decommits because he doesn't feel confident in our program. So he's just, he feels exactly what all the rest of us do. I don't blame him. I'm just, I'm obviously just disappointed because, you know, I want to, I see a, a guy come and succeed at Texas tech. Uh, but again, he, he, he adds another highlight to how frustrating this process has been. And I really hope Matt Wells can earn some faith back if he makes a, a quick and smart move. It's it, he needs to he needs to start acting like his job's on the line because it is you know it's it's time to really put all your chips into the pot because I seriously think this is this next year could be his last year if it doesn't uh, really ramp up. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you fully. But um, it, it looks like other four star running back Cameron Valdez is still one hundred percent signing with Tech. He hasn't really put out anything yet about decommitting. 
Um, I, I'm curious to see what the guys that are already on the team are planning on doing. I know we've had some movement on that end. It looks like, uh, like we said last week, Jack Anderson going to the NFL. Thomas Leggett now is also going to the NFL, going to try to uh, put his name into the draft. And then now Keyshawn Carter is our first big transfer that that is deciding to move on from Tech and, and put his name into the portal for a different program. Uh, it's a key loss for the Red Raiders. Uh, but really the only guy that's that's big news so far on the transfer front. Um, we had a couple more, Cody Waddle, uh, backup punter, and then wide receiver Kevin Terry, who didn't really play at all this year. So uh, we've had three transfers so far, one of them being a, a guy who got real minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of happy that it's it's only been that little of attrition. So it's it in uh, yeah it's a loss to to lose uh, Keyshawn, but we have a deep wide receiver room, and I really hope that the next offensive coordinator takes advantage of that again. Like that was so frustrating to watch us this past season not put the ball into the hands of our weapons as much as they should have. So hopefully that turns around real quick, and I really hope they can maintain the classes and the and the players they have. And they have. I mean, there's there's been a couple of huge commitments to stay. If you want to run run down those real quick. Yeah, I mean we've they've they've seen a couple linebackers right here with Colin Schooler and Rico Jeffers both deciding to come back for their final year of eligibility, which is fantastic news on all fronts uh, for Texas Tech. The defensive uh, core there kind of stays together; it gives us experience for next season. Two of the guys that were, you know, some of our biggest contributors on defense this year uh, coming back, which is great news. Uh, it makes me seem like. Coach Wells hasn't lost the locker room, uh, and it may seem like getting rid of Yost was kind of a a good thing for the players' perspective. Not, it seems like the players weren't really tied to to David Yost, especially these defensive guys that we're talking about, because Keith Patterson is, of course, remaining on staff as well as the defensive coordinator. So I, I think that had a big effect on these guys staying, uh, and that's and that's great news. Absolutely. So what were we talking about with the offensive coordinators again? <laughs> we kind of uh, <laughs> got off track, treasured listeners. We're sorry. Uh, we like to stay on, on one topic and stay there. But uh, so um, we got a little sidetracked there. Do you have anything else to say about the, the, the locker room or transfers, you think? Yeah, I just think I just think guys are, aren't going to be so quick to transfer now that Yost is gone. I think if Yost remained on staff, I think there's a chance that Ezukama leaves pretty quickly after that decision was made, if we were to keep Yost, he's still a guy to keep your eye on. So is Sir Roderick. So are all the quarterbacks that we have on roster right now. Um, I, to me, my personal belief, it would be super surprising if Alan Bowman stays at tech. Uh, I think he's gone. I think he's leaving, but um, I could be wrong on that front. Like I said, I don't really have any uh, insider information or anything, but uh, just with the way this season has gone, new offensive coordinator, maybe that convinces him to stay. I don't know. but uh, And maybe that's just my bias saying, hey, <laughs> I, I kind of don't want Alan Bowman to come back. <laughs> well, you got you got to remember that David Yost was also the head quarterback coach as well. So yeah. if, if, with the shift there, I mean, that, that's obviously a huge swing if you're going to stay mm-hmm. or go. And so if maybe if the quarterbacks weren't a huge fan of David, maybe they're looking forward to an opportunity to work with another guy, or maybe they love them and are just looking for an excuse to bounce now, like you were saying with that, you perhaps see an Alan Bowman. I don't think I quite share the opinion of just wanting to that wanting Alan to walk. 
Um, I think he's, I think this talent is there in under the right system and under the right guidance. Cause we saw some golden flashes whenever uh, it was Cliff Kingsbury that was showing him how it's done, but, and, and there's nothing wrong with more competition in the locker room. You know, if, if he's not the best guy in the room, then it's, it's okay if someone takes over and then he's a backup, but uh, obviously he wouldn't like that, but, you know, just as a fan perspective, you know, having the veterans, he's nice and having a guy that, that knows Texas tech is nice. If you know what I mean? And it's just, uh, he, but I wouldn't be terribly upset if he, he walks as well. I'm just, I think I'm just tired of the Bowman experience. It's yeah. been a roller coaster from injuries, injuries to, you know, everything that we saw this season with him being so up and down, pick sixes and, you know, everything from <laughs> to the moon and back. So, uh, but like the OC, I, you want to see something else on offense. Yes. I would have liked to see McIver. I, I still wonder, you know, even Donovan Smith, who, you know, we'll talk about or, we could talk about it now. The other offensive uh, staff positions are probably going to see a change up. Once we hire a new offensive coordinator, that guy's probably going to want his guys in there. So um, I know the running back coach, his, his son is Donovan Smith, who's a quarterback at tech. So we could potentially see him leaving that opens up the quarterback room even more. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff to come. And that's why this offensive coordinator hire is so important, um, especially for next season. And, and really the season's going forward. It's probably the most important, Matt Well, uh, probably most important decision Matt Wells is going to make at Tech. So yeah. it's it, it needs to be the right one. And it, it kind of worries me that he's the one that picks. Like, yeah. I mean, I know that's how it works. I mean, he's the head football coach. That's his job. You know, it's, it's he's a manager too. So, but at the same time, it's just, he, he put a lot of trust in this David Yost guy. And man, it, it and for a guy so experienced like Yost, it, it just did not translate to, Texas Tech, who has no issue on offense, and in the, probably what is the the most famously offensive conference in the nation. It's just, it was it was weird to see, and it was disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm not gonna miss. I'm not gonna miss no. the David Yost era <laughs> of the Texas Tech. No. <laughs> but so I, I I'm I it, I think that gives me some excitement because I am excited to see who the next guy is because I think that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope. I like Keith Patterson. I like how how the defense works. I mean, obviously, none of us are super in love with Matt Wells. Sorry if I'm speaking for you if you are, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm hoping some coordinators can give us some love and give us some some hope coming in, coming in. But uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. Moving forward, we'll see. But uh, football, <laughs> that that was the news for today. A lot, a lot to think about. And hopefully in the coming weeks, we figure out who our offensive coordinator is and we get these recruits in and and into the program and ready to go for next season. So, but I'll, before, before we move on, I'm sorry to cut you off. I I, I saw something about like how anyone can play a bowl. It's like, I I didn't look at, you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know like if you can gonna, schedule your own bowl or something. I, I don't know if we're going to utilize that now with the coaching changes. Um, but I, I guess you could schedule your Wacky. own bowl. Yeah, well, well, I not, guess we won't go to it any further unless it has gains legs, which I doubt it will. Because I think so many programs are just ready to be like, no. <laughs> and Get ready for this, next year. We're done with 2020. So Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, enough with football. Go Iowa State this weekend. And yeah, beat OU. Do <laughs> beat us, OU. Do us all a favor and finally end <laughs> OU's streak. You give us blank state, blank tech in the Big 12 some hope. So go clones. Go clones. But let's move on to basketball because good news on that front. We have a big game coming up on Thursday, man. Uh, we play the Kansas Jayhawks, number five in the nation right now. Uh, that's our first Big 12 game, and uh, what what a team to start off. 
we're we're playing the blue blood right off their back, and then it doesn't look like they're they're having quite the down year. Everyone it was kind of thinking they were. They still look solid as as always, but um, it's a great it's a great opening test, you know. And it's it, I'm glad we have it at home. I wish mm-hmm. we could have our typical Raider riot Texas Tech uh, student section there and to to romp it. But you know, I, I I'm, re- I'm I'm concerned with the offense still. But I know our defense will help keep us in this game. How are That's you feeling thing. right off this I, bat? I agree with you fully. The the defense is going to keep us in almost every game. I just, I, it's been so good these first. And granted, we've only put well, and I would put ACU as, as a as a solid team that we've played so far um, during that game. Of course, ACU is kind of like Tech Light. You know, they were they were big defensive squad that has a little trouble on offense, and we saw that with that game. I think the final score is like what fifty one to forty six or something. Right. Or like 51, 41. I don't know. Something like that. But it was, it was tight, man. And, and the thing is, is he, obviously there's the coaching connection between Beard and, uh, and uh, Abilene Christian's coach. So obviously they come from the same school of philosophy of basketball and they're still uh, great friends. So you, you, I was not surprised to see us play a mirror image of each other. And ACU looks like, yeah, a very well-coached squad. I think they're going to do good things in the Southland this year. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of a quick recap on that. But yeah, we may as well just preview the or review the other game. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus. We ended up blowing them out pretty good uh, last game before conference play. It was A&M Corpus is is a weak opponent, so we took care of business there. Uh, a lot of people couldn't watch the game because it was broadcast on Texas Tech TV. They didn't want to pay the eight bucks to watch us cream somebody. But um, we ended up, you know, beating them pretty good. I liked the fact that Mac has not been you know, his usual scoring self these last couple of games, but he's finding ways to keep himself into the game and keep himself doing positive things. His assists were up big time in this game. Uh, and he's going to find ways to uh, just be effective while not scoring. And I think that's huge for him early on in this, in this season. So, uh, but yeah, we, we crushed A&M Corpus, but let's kind of, let, let's get really into the Kansas right now because like we said earlier, Kansas, number five in the nation, first Big 12 game of the year, Thursday, December 17th at 6 p.m. in Lubbock at United Supermarkets Arena. Um, the Jayhawks have won six straight after losing to number one Gonzaga on opening night. They have wins over Kentucky and Creighton. Kentucky does not look that great so far this year, so that may not be uh, you know, the big win that they maybe thought it was at the time. But Creighton is a big win. They're a solid Big East team. I think they're still ranked top 10, if not top 15 in the nation right now. So um, Kansas is, I'm not, I'm going to put them kind of in a second tier on the big 12 right now. And I think that's a little weird for some people to hear, but I think UT Baylor and West Virginia are all better than Kansas right now. Kansas has some guys, they struggle offensively a little bit. Um, They have some guys on their team that, that will break down here in a second, but they don't really have that true leader like they've had the last couple of years. They've had guys like Frank Mason, like Devontae Graham, like Devon Dotson. They don't have that guy this year. They're kind of ESPN and the broadcasts are pushing uh, Marcus Garrett to be that guy for Kansas this season, but I, I just don't see it. He's not a good enough offensive player, but um, I, I think this is going to be kind of an even matchup here for Tech and having it at home, it's not going to be like the normal home atmosphere like you said earlier, but it is still going to be loud. We're going to get some students in there. We're going to get some fans being loud. I, I would be so surprised if we don't sell out the 25% capacity for Kansas. 
and they're ranked top five. So uh, we're going to bring the noise. Absolutely. And talk about a confidence booster to kick off the Big 12 season. You know, I, as, as crappy as it says, you know, uh, this out-of-conference slate didn't exactly go the way we wanted to between cancellation and losing to Houston. Um, I mean, that shows how spoiled we are. I, I'm, none of us have lost faith. But it's this would be an awesome way to kick in the doors because I know we have Big 12 title hopes and beating the the perennial top dog in the Big 12 is obviously a great start, even if this isn't uh, their the greatest year ever. So obviously a huge part to overcome a talented Big 12 team like Kansas is you're going to need everybody you got. How does our roster look health-wise? Health-wise, Terrence Shannon was back for the AM Corpus game, and he looked good. So it doesn't seem like that ankle injury is going to be, you know, a big effect on him. Kevin McCuller still has not played a game yet. Uh, don't He's probably going to miss uh, a little more time. I, I don't see him playing against Kansas, but um, I, I guess they could surprise me. But uh, I, I wouldn't expect McCuller to be there, and that's, and that's a blow, obviously, because he's a big depth piece for this team. Um, but we're going at it with the same guys that just played against Corpus, you know, probably go with uh, the usual starting five that's been starting all year. And uh, I think to that point, Terrence Shannon is going to be the X factor for how far this team goes this year. That guy is such a big part. And if he has a good game, we probably have a really good chance of winning. Um, Max going to do his thing. Marcus going to do his thing, rebounding, playing defense, but Terrence Shannon, if he can get it going offensively, it's we're tough. We're tough to stop. So, um, and you know, for how good Marcus is rebounding the ball for a big guy, we're still kind of undersized, uh, especially against a team like Kansas. David McCormick is on that roster and he's a big body grabs a lot of rebounds been on, and he's been on Kansas for a while. He's, he's actually a rare case for these blue blood schools where he's been on the team now for, I think three years. So him, Mitch Lightfoot coming off the bench, He's another guy who hustles his butt off and is and is going to grab some rebounds. So we need Shannon to get in there and help rebound for us. Um, that's why it, that's why it really sucks not having McCuller for this game because he's the guy who gets down and dirty and does and does that kind of work for you. So I wanted your take on this is obviously a really important game. So if where do you think our advantages lie against Kansas and where do you think our disadvantages are at whenever we're playing this game? Kansas is bigger at almost every position. Uh, unfortunately for us. So uh, we're going to have to rely on rebounding. Everybody's got to rebound for this game because David McCormick is on their end. He's a big dude. He's seven feet. I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy that Marcus is going to have to work his butt off today uh, <laughs> to, to really, you know, get, get the rebounding advantage over this, but Terrence Shannon's going to have to be involved. Uh, we're going to have to get probably Tyreek Smith's going to have to play some pretty big minutes uh, while, while Sano Silva sits down, the fouls, we need to keep them down. I know Marcus was in a lot of foul trouble against AM Corpus, so uh, keeping those down are going to be key uh, moving forward for this game. But uh, on, I, I wanted to kind of touch on the guys to look out for for Kansas. because Steven, you didn't give us any advantages before you moved on there. <laughs> the, what the heck? You're like, all right, so we're screwed we're, here, here, and here. Where we get fast. them, Steven? We're, we're fast. We're, we're fast. We have heart. Uh, we have heart. We, we try hard. Uh, it's, they're big at every position. They're going to be they're, they're I guess I, I'm going to say they're more talented because they are Kansas. They have a lot of five stars on this team, but I, our heart, our heart puts us in it. Kansas hasn't shown a ton this, this season so far. So I think, I think we work hard. We get to the 50, 50 ball, something we didn't do against Houston. Uh, we need to take advantage of that against Kansas. 
Do you think our defense is going to give them issues as, as it has oh, everybody yeah. else? Yeah, our defense is going to give them issues. We're going to give everybody issues defensively with how Chris Beard pushes us to work hard, drawing charges on these guys. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a big point for for us to win this game. All right, just I need to give the treasure listeners some hope. All right, come on. This yeah, is no, basketball I, I, season. I, I, hey, football. Hey, man, I, I there's just been a little disappointment with this basketball team so far. Not quite what I've wanted to see so far, but. Uh, Obviously, it's early on, and we have a lot of chance to to get better as the season progresses. But uh, guys to look out for for Kansas, Marcus Garrett, toughest defender. He won defensive Big 12 All-Defensive Player last year. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be kind of on a bunch of different positions. He'll probably be guarding Mac a lot of the game, um, you know, moving the ball around. Getting guys and getting guys that don't normally score a lot are probably going to be something we have to take advantage of here. So, Namari uh guys like Marcus probably underneath get get some easy buckets down low but uh he's such a good perimeter defender and that's going to be tough to get past Jalen Wilson is a freshman 6'8 he's got all the intangibles that you want for a really good basketball player he's led the Jayhawks in scoring for a lot of these games so uh putting a tough defender you know team defense like we said is going to be huge for for him David McCormick the big guy down low got a got a rebound over him and then Ochai Agbaji is a scoring machine when he's hot he's freaking hot so we got to stop we got to stop that shut that down real quick because he could go 6 for 6 before your eyes and he's got 20 points Steven, you're scaring me and the treasure listeners. He's good. Kansas is good. Kansas is a good team. <laughs> Kansas so, is Kansas. So Kansas is Kansas. And we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see that a lot with all the big 12 teams. I, I, I love year. how you can say Kansas is Kansas and it means completely different meanings in depending <laughs> on the sport you're talking about. That's like, true. I, opposite I don't know. Ends. I don't know. I don't know how they can be so garbage at football, but be such a blue blood in bad. It doesn't it makes no sense. It, it, it's probably the most mind-boggling thing in college sports. But, hey, this is this is a crispier team. I'm not going to count us out. I know we have a real fighting chance at this. The Kansas Jayhawks will probably be favored. I haven't really got the line. Is there a line yet? Um, I didn't mean to catch you up. No, there is no, there is no line yet. Um, game is not until Thursday. I'm sure something around Tuesday or Wednesday it will pop up. But uh, Kansas has had – they've had some tight ones so far, even during this winning streak – They've only beat – they had a scare against uh, North Dakota State. They only won by four to an 0-3 North Dakota State team, now 0-4. But uh, so they – they we've seen moments where Kansas has looked weak this year, and we got to take advantage when they're not scoring. You know, we got to find some ways. <laughs> we've had trouble scoring as well this year. So, uh, you know, picking that up and, and passing like we did, especially against A&M Corpus, uh, moving the ball. Mac McClung getting in the lane, driving, finding easy layups. Uh, it's going to be huge. Absolutely. Looking for a real battle in Lubbock. If they struggled against North Dakota State at home, I'm assuming he was at home, I'm sure they're going to have some real issues in West Texas. So I know our fans will bring it. I know Chris Beard will bring it. I know our players will bring it. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, bring it loud for that game. First game, first Big 12 game of the year. It's going to be, it's going to be a loud one. The path to the trophy begins. Yes, for sure. So – Everybody, make sure to check that out. 6 p.m. on Thursday. Not sure. I don't think they've they've put a, a channel yet. So just watch out for that. Watch out for Texas Tech social media accounts on where you can watch that game. But Tristan, did you have anything else, man? Uh, kind of closing thoughts on on Tech Sports for this week. 
there's a lot of thoughts. I mean, too many to yeah. go over, but uh, I, I just hope that we we land softly from this fallout that's happening in the in the athletic department as a whole, especially with football. I mean, it's just. I mean, obviously, I guess basketball and baseball are fine, but you know what I mean. It's just it's it's been a really cloudy time for this program, and I really hope that we land on our feet as best as we can in the, given the situation. Uh, but I'm I'm really optimistic about this basketball season and baseball season's around the corner as well. So there's there's a lot to look forward to, and I'm glad that we're we're moving forward. For sure. Good, good way to put it. So why don't you give me your song of the week to end the episode? All right. So my song of the week is a super group as they're called out of West Texas out of Lubbock. I'm talking about the panhandlers, probably the most Texas tech group possible. This is a super group made up of Josh Abbott, William Clark green, John Bauman and Claire Cleto Cordero of the flatland cavalry, all four of which went to Texas tech. Nice. And yeah, so and uh, with the song I want to highlight on this album is one of my favorite songs ever. And it's probably my favorite song of the year is uh, West Texas in my eye. Uh, it's the first track on their album, The Panhandlers. And it's just I think it's the perfect love letter to West Texas. It was written by Charlie, uh, Charlie Stout, a a basically the guy that lives at the blue light. And um, he has a great uh, photo account as well on Twitter. So you go go give him a look for some West Texas photos. But it's just a beautiful poem basically about west texas and you you know even going to texas tech you get it you know so it's i think our listeners will really enjoy that and and uh feel it where the yano estacado rises up to meet the sky i ain't crying that's west texas in my eye nice man that it took you a while to put a panhandler song out there i thought you would have got one out there sooner yeah, for sure, man. I, I, I can't believe I haven't put it there yet. I guess I was like really waiting for the perfect weekend since it's like the one. But I, I think starting off Big 12 playing basketball is a good one. Very nice. Very nice. Well, my song of the week, I'm going to kind of stick with uh, with the country tone, except a little more bluegrass this time. Uh, a lot of good music was released this past couple days. Taylor Swift, Kid Cudi, uh, kind of an album that went under the radar was Sturgill Simpson. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been – a big listener of his before this album dropped. I just thought I'd give it a try and I really liked it. Uh, I, I don't listen to a ton of bluegrass music, but um, the song in particular that I have off uh, his album, his newest album is sea stories. It's a fun jam, uh, really cool kind of story, really just a, a lyrical story about uh, kind of how he, uh, how he bullshits people with his uh with his sea stories they're all true uh he plays the banjo like no other man i haven't seen a guy shred it on the banjo like this guy ever i got sea stories oh and they're all true might seem a little bit far-fetched why would i lie to you memories will make forever strange still got salt running through my veins i got sea stories like it's straight up impressive. I, I didn't expect you to pick to pick this guy. I mean, I, it's just I, I like that you're 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 digging further and further into some of these strange paths of music. I think that's where you find your best music recommendations. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that man. And this guy's the face of alt country. So I'm sure a lot of listeners will be familiar with him. But it's, he's a, he's obviously an incredible talent. And uh, I, I like that the 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 trail he's blazing for other country artists. Yeah, for sure. So that, that that's a good jam to listen to. Uh, but like I said, ton of good music, man, released this week. Um, haven't gotten to listen to all of Taylor Swift's new album, but it's a lot like her last release album, which I thought was probably her best 
um, of, of all that she's made before. And then Kid Cudi, another man on the moon album, which was, you know, awesome. That's classic Kid Cudi. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Those, those are a little more mainstream. <laughs> yeah. A little more mainstream. I already did those two artists. So I thought I'd do something different. Um, but yeah, man, I had, I had a couple shout outs right at the end of the episode. Um, if y'all hadn't, if y'all hadn't seen the news, uh, Florida basketball player, Keontae Johnson, uh, tough deal with him, man, uh, passed like completely passed out on the floor during the game against Florida state and was immediately rushed to the hospital. He's now in a, uh, medical coma, um, and just scary stuff, uh, for, yeah, that's terrible for that guy. I mean, they had to fly his family out immediately and, and shout out to him. Hopefully, hopefully he gets everything solved real quick and, yep. and uh, you know, he's all healthy again, but that was, that was a scary sight to see. Yeah. God bless him. That's, that's scary, especially for the family. For sure. And then um, shout out to our buddy, Logan turning 25 tomorrow, the big quarter of a century for my man. He's the oldest of the four of us. He's the old fart of the group, but uh, shout out to him, man. Yeah, the uh, the Earth has been no better for his uh, quarter of a century on the planet. No better. And God, God knows he hasn't made our lives any better. So it's no. just <laughs> he's just, the worst. He's the worst, but we love him. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, all the love to, to Logan. Happy birthday, man. We we're excited to have another Logan's hot takes on here and uh, um, or a uh, uh, betting corner. Yeah, here soon. So, but I think that's gonna do it here for uh, our packed and loaded episode another tough one to record for us uh we can't get the wi-fi issues solved uh for some reason so we're gonna have to be cutting up a little bit so sorry if it sounds a little weird but uh you can follow both me and tristan on twitter tristan is at tristy mick i am at l underscore s underscore rodriguez pods also on twitter at talking tech pod send us your mailbag questions thoughts everything talking tech pod at gmail.com and during these times we're we're using the twitter machine quite a bit with with yeah. everything that's going on in the in the in the athletic department so go ahead and give us a follow and please interact with us we love the we love the back and forth for sure we try to be funny so we if, if we're <laughs> not we apologize <laughs> but hey i hope y'all have a great day wreck of tech wreck of tech uh wow first of all uh got a lot of respect for steven and tristan uh, their program, tough guys, just uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I just want to congratulate Stephen and Tristan on another great podcast. They were everything we thought they would be. Um, we have a lot of respect for their program. We have such a high opinion of them. I want to congratulate them. I just want to tell Stephen and Tristan, thanks for coming out. The energy uh, was really, really good in there today. You know, we fed off of it. I think it goes back and forth. Tremendous. A great job and um, you know just just proud of our guys for the way they responded.